You're listening to Partnernomics Podcast, where we discuss the art and science of developing successful strategic partnerships. To learn more about the suite of Partnernomics solutions, visit Partnernomics.com. Welcome back to another episode of Partnernomics Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Brigman. And on today's show, we have Mr. Alexander Richards with us. So uh, Alexander is going to be uh, telling us about some cool stuff that he's done throughout his career. Man, he's had a, a wild ride just within the last year or so. And uh, it's, it's continuing on. But Alexander is the Senior Director of Alliances for Medallia. And uh, we're going to learn a lot more about Medallia and, and Alexander's background uh, here in this podcast. But Alexander, thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate you having me, Mark. It's uh, great to be here and uh, you know, excited to, to talk about my favorite thing in the world, which is partnerships. So uh, yeah, happy to be here. Well, Alexander, a lot of people tell me that uh, that that I have an accent, and uh, your accent does not sound the same as mine. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna ask you, man. Tell us tell us about the travels. The travels. Well, according to my parents, apparently I now sound like I'm from New Zealand. So um, yeah, it's it's an interesting ride. But uh, yeah, originally from the UK, um, moved over here to New York about seven years ago now. And uh, my prior company was actually, uh, well, prior before everything we'll talk about today was an Australian company. So my accent with, you know, all my American friends and then Australians has sort of given me this weird twang. So, uh, yeah, it, I'm British. That's still a thing. Um, but I've kind of gone through a hedge backwards. So, so yeah. <laughs> awesome. So how in the world did you get into this world of partnering? I love to just hear people's story. But uh, coming out of coming out of university, did you say, "Hey, I'm going to be a partnering professional," or which which route did you take there? And then, how have you, you know, weaved your path into partnerships? So it's been a bit of a wild ride. Um, I wish I had been told that you know you should have you know done a law degree or you should have done like engineering or something. You know, full stack engineers these days those those guys have got the right idea. Um, but I decided to study music, um, which actually led me to be in the music industry. So I was, uh, you know, working for what's now one of the biggest uh, recording studio companies in the world, you know, brushing shoulders with the likes of the Chemical Brothers, the Arctic Monkeys, Block Party, um, Natalie and Brilli, all those types of people. And then uh, when I realized that I was never going to be a, uh, you know, a famous record producer making their millions, I was like, well, I'm kind of a nerd. Um, I really enjoy websites, coding and all that sort of stuff. And, and that was sort of my, my game. And uh, we worked a few jobs to, you know, save money in between sort of kicking uh, back into the tech industry, but ended up working at um, later down the line at Apple. Uh, did a was a global trainer for them. Um, so anyone that would come into the company would basically train them up on, you know, everything Apple retail and the corporate company um, also was involved in their systems and technology. Um, and with that, that's when things started to sort of kick off. You started chatting to vendors, people we were partnered with. And that's when I kind of realized that somehow people were sort of attracted to talking to me. Um, and then that's the thing that sort of sort of happened. So I've been uh, then went into um, advertising technology, worked for WPP, got to travel the world with those guys and was building training and um, uh, building alliances with people to make sure that things were being adopted. And then um, the interesting ride is when we sort of, so when I joined Stellar Connect, um, formerly known as uh, Stellar Service back in 
beginning of 2018. And that was my first exposure to um, the startup world. And that's really when sort of the, the alliances adventure kind of went into a thousand percent and, you know, the rubber hit the road and things got really, really interesting. So, so that's, that's kind of sort of, sort of the, the start of everything. It's taken a a number of years, but um, yeah, that's, that's where the fun started happening. Well, there's so many of us now um, jumping into companies, working with companies that are in startup mode and then just continuing to grow. I think this is a really neat part of the story. Can you tell us a little bit? We'll kind of go almost chronologically, but start with Stella. Mm-hmm. What's, what was Stella? How did you guys form it? What was it like being in that startup environment? What's, what insights did you gain from being a part of that company and that experience? Um, that, that kind of essentially eventually transcended through to, to Medallia? Well, that, I think the first thing that was the, the strangest thing for me was this, this word startup. It was this, this buzzword that everyone uses. And I, I found out that a lot of people that you would go and interview with were all about coconut water and snacks. And I was like, what is this crazy world of scooters, snacks and treats and stuff? And uh, uh, that was that was a little interesting at the time, but the, the thing that I really loved about the whole startup world was just this sort of family unit sort of approach to things, and that's what really attracted me to um, to the Stellar Connect team. Um, and the interesting thing for me is that I've always believed in great customer service. I mean, being a kid, I've worked retail over the years, and it's one of those things that I think nobody's really done not nobody, but a lot of companies don't do well. And that's what drew me in. Um, and, and with that, I met um, Jordi, our CEO at the time, and, and John, the co-founder as well. I was just sucked in by their, um, their enthusiasm to basically provide uh, customer support agents with essentially feedback on how well they're doing, how to coach each other, how to train, um, and essentially do better. It's not like you're being told, this is bad, do better. And it's like, well, how do I do that? Uh, that's a great thing for you to say, but you just hurt my feelings and I don't know how to do better. Um, but also when things are going really well, like celebrate those successes. I think we always get focused on the negative. So, so I was sort of drawn in by that. And then um, I think this mentality as well, that, you know, we need to achieve growth. We need to push really hard. Um, you have the ability to sort of mold something into the way that it could be and have a great impact was, was really important to me. And so when, so when I came in, basically, I realized that you know, we had some gaps. We didn't have scalable replicable um, integrations. We didn't have any partnerships. Um, and it was all about us going out alone uh, in this big 20 plus billion dollar market um just being those, these cool kids on the block and and that's where everything really started to happen and i started um working with the likes of zendesk and freshworks and um customer and gladly and a number of other companies and you know it was a it was a rocket ship when i when i first joined the company um we were at a certain revenue level and then before we got acquired in september of last year we um tripled that um and that in two years was just just phenomenal. So it, it's been a really interesting ride, but I think it's all about the people that you're with. And um, it's it's not always striving for, for perfection. It's the small little wins and pivoting that makes the greatest impact rather than trying to just go, oh, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. And then nothing ever happens. So um, it's, been, it's been definitely very interesting and, and fun, stressful, but um, it's, been a, it's been a good run, which has been nice. Alexander, with, uh, with Stella Connect, what was the core solution that you guys were providing to the market? 
So originally when I joined, um, if you guys have ever I know, had an order from Postmates and you've had to contact their support center, Warby Parker or Lemonade Insurance, people like that, um, they, we were known and we still are known for this sort of very people-focused survey with a you know, picture of a person, a little bio, essentially decoupling this sort of transactional brand approach where you have no sort of like soul to it, to being like, hey, you interacted with this human this is the human, they're real. Um, how did they do? Like, tell us honestly, let's see how we can sort of improve. And, and that was our bread and butter. And then about um, two years ago, roughly, we realized that quality assurance in the uh, customer service and support industry was a big thing. And sort of our our budget, because how niche our survey was, was sometimes being allocated in that bucket. So we then started working with um, a couple of really big gaming companies um, who were just like, well, if you can do this, this and this, We'll work with you. And that sort of led us to have this more of a performance management suite um, in there. So it's essentially um, uh, feedback, coaching and quality assurance for for frontline um, staff. I almost forgot my elevator pitch there for a second. So. <laughs> you pulled it off, though. <laughs> I'd love to go back and uh, hit on a on a topic, really a word that you mentioned that it's it's uh, kind of been an epiphany for me over my career. And that is, is, is it good to be a perfectionist? You know, so I spent six years in the Marines and it's, it's all about doing it perfect. And I think because of that experience, I had it drilled into my head that perfection was the only way to go. And then yep. when I started my entrepreneurial career and jumped into businesses, doing this, uh, this startup thing and growing businesses, if you are a perfectionist, you will be challenged, significantly challenged to get your businesses to go and grow. And uh, the, 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 finally, I got it through my thick skull from many mentors who finally convinced <laughs> me, hey, Mark, really, that the magic number is around 80%. If you're always 80% yeah. right, you are going to grow exponentially faster. Has that been your experience? 100% um, or 80%, as you just said. Uh, I, I think it's, it's having that balance. But I, I think that the other component to it is as well is this, I think there's two other things that come to it is trust because you do have to delegate to people. A lot of people who are trying to strive for, you know, what they hold as perfection um, aren't usually willing to delegate or trust others to help them. Um, that has been something um, way prior to these roles that I had to learn the hard way. Um, and then also as well, um, there's also having a baseline and because I, I do think as well when you do collaborate with other people um you're always going to want somebody to be sort of doing things at your level you have to trust them you have to delegate but you also have to express what the minimum is because sometimes as well if you can't communicate properly um there is perfection and there's sort of the midline but then there's also making sure that other people are going to help you know back you and, and it's i think it comes down to treating people as how you'd want to be treated uh, if you just say hey i need this then nobody's really going to be on your side it's sort of like this um this sort of team effort and family effort that you have to drill into people as well so yeah being agile being quick doesn't happen if you're going to spend months and months and months trying to like you know aim for that you know heavenly goal basically so so yeah I'm, I'm with you on that 100 yeah so true all right so alex so tell us a little bit about how we made the transition how did we go from stella connect into medallia and what has that experience been like wow it seems it seems like a long time ago now but it was only um 
what, 10, 11 months ago. Um, so yeah, basically, um, yeah, we got acquired in September, beginning of September, 2020 by Medallia. Um, my phone lit up with a bunch of like LinkedIn and Facebook messages. It turns out a bunch of people that I worked with at Apple in London, funnily enough, even though I live in the U S now, um, actually worked with me at Apple as well. So everyone's like, Oh my God, you're part of the family. Woo, woo, woo. Like all this sort of stuff, which was kind of fun. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was basically Medallia saw something in us, which I think we've, we've always believed that we had a great product. We had some clients that really believed in us. Um, the mentality of Stealth Connect was always, it's not a transaction. It's about building and maintaining a very strong relationship with your clients. So our, our client base, 90% of them, we could literally call up and say, Hey, you want to join a webinar? Could you do this marketing with us? And be like, yeah, we've got you. We love working with you. We'd love to have it out there. And, and that's, and that's um, I think, part of it. And I think also the credibility that we created for ourselves and our partner network as well. So um, yeah, that basically came about, um, we found out beginning of September, um, you know, we're getting on this like company-wide call with our, we'd all had these little bottles shipped to us and everyone's like, what is this? Like, what are we celebrating? Um, and then the, the news broke and, uh, and everyone was just, you know, super pumped about it. So it was, it was a really, really fun experience. And I think with any acquisition, there's, I, I think it's like when you, you buy a house, um, there's a, you know, you go through something stressful in your family, there's a whirlwind of emotions because, you know, you have this picture of, again, of perfection or what you think something's going to be, but then there's all these other different components you don't think about. So um, I think it was just, when it comes to restructuring, you know, where am I going to be? You know, who am I going to be reporting into? There are all the other things that were weighing on you, but the Medallia team has been really, really good um, throughout the process. Um, got some great, great colleagues that I work with and, um, you know, some, some great customers we work with as well. So it's been very, very exciting, but uh, it's just one of those things where you, you're never prepared for it. Um, so, so yeah, I would say if anyone, um, is going through an acquisition, stay in there. It's going to be okay. Um, and just make sure you always have somebody to talk to because it's always good to have those, you know, that wall to, you know, bounce ideas off of. So Medalli, you guys are, man, it seems like just growing at a significant rate. It looks like upwards of 3,000 employees or just growing significantly. What's, what is it that Medallia does? So obviously much larger company than where you came from through the acquisition. Yep. What's, what's that larger portfolio that Medallia offers? So um, we're really um, customer experience in a nutshell. Um, so, so basically the, the way to look at it is where, where Stella was a very um, contact center, feedback, quality assurance, that sort of stuff we are basically all the other bits that come into it. So if you want to do um, much lengthier surveys or uh, different surveys that measure different aspects of a, you know, a business, we do that. We have some of the biggest clients in the world using, you know, our platform. Um, we also have, you know, AI and ML backend to a lot of things as well. So we can surface a lot of insights and, and really the Medallia suite is sort of like this hub for a number of different sort of modules and products we have. So speech analytics, text analytics, um, video analytics. Um, that was the one that really 
caught my interest. I've never had somebody tell me that I look too happy or too sad on a video course that was enlightening. Um, and then, you know, we have um, overall, we're, we're just going really, really hard against the, uh, you know, in the, the contact center market right now. So it's a 20 plus billion dollar market. Um, one of our recent acquisitions was Decibel, um, it does screen capture. Great, great team. Um, and we're just really sort of building that suite and just making sure that we can offer the best in class tools to, to customers, because we always get compared to companies like Qualtrics, who really are just survey business. Um, you know, we have a lot of people that have worked in the industry from a number of different roles, even our clients that have then, you know, joined us who really want to just show this is the way you can do stuff really well. This is how you do it. This is how you make everyone feel part of that journey. Um, and, and I think Medali is doing a really, really good job at that at the moment. So um, I'm, I'm really interested to see what the future, you know, looks like here. Alexander, talk to us about partnerships and partnerships within Medallia. What are the different types of partnerships? You know, I would imagine you were looking to get more distribution, get more sales, right? We always want that. But then are there also some technology partnerships? Do you guys have any kind of an offering where it's almost like the Intel inside where you guys are marrying your technology with other platforms or what, what, what do partnerships look like? So yeah, Medallia is kind of a beast when it comes to the partnership side of the business. Um, I predominantly work on the ISV side, which um, for me has actually been very interesting, but we, uh, yeah, we have essentially like our, our services side of the business and then we have the ISV side of the business and we have a, a, an exclusively like reseller side of the business as well that team's doing really well at the moment. Um, so services, you know, GSIs, solution integrators, um, implementation companies, that sort of stuff, always been, you know, really, really successful along with agency partners as well. Um, the, the reseller business is something relatively new in the company that's, um, you know, really setting the foundation and um, to... I think take us to a completely different level now, which I'm, I'm really excited about seeing the results of that. And then on the ISV side um, that I've always been pretty um, familiar with, it's just um, changing the mentality um, from, Hey, here's an integration. I think the industry as a whole has that mentality that, Hey, you work with a technology company, it's an integration and that's it. That's all that happens. So my, my um, side of the fence with, with the team has been exclusively around like, how do we turn that into replicable revenue? Um, and how do we make sure that we're, you know, we have all the right tools and everything in place. And I think um, one of the things that I've sort of discovered coming to a bigger company that, you know, although you do have more resources and everything, sometimes there is um, a little bit of a, you know, there's, there's gaps or improvements around processes, collateral, all that sort of stuff. And that's actually been the really nice thing in this company where uh, it's almost kind of like you're a, a startup within a big company because, you know, we've been given the, the reins to say, you know, these 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 the texts that we need to add to our partner, partner sort of um, ecosystem. These are the processes we want to build, um, the collateral, all that sort of stuff. And, and that's sort of what we've been doing for, uh, you know, behind the scenes in the, in the past, like few months as well with, um, with everything. So we're, we're doing really, really well. We have a, a huge portfolio of partners um, for, you know, the, the age of the company and, and where we're at at the moment, uh, but a big, big focus on things like the contact center as well. So um, it's uh, it's an interesting place to be right now, to be honest. You mentioned, you know, process and the way to scale, you guys are growing like crazy. Um, I recently read an article that said that Microsoft's uh, com as a company is increasing their partnerships by 300 to 400 per day. 
obviously they're a behemoth, but it's still mind boggling <laughs> that they are, uh, you know, executing upwards of 400 net new partners per day. Uh, so, so I mean, that's a huge number. Speak to us a little bit, yeah. if you would, about just the importance of process. I mean, you have a background in, in training and, you know, skilling uh, different folks, but from a partnering perspective and the seats that you've been in and you guys are continuing to grow, uh, talk to us a little bit about, you know, the, just the importance or just some recommendations that you have uh, for people from a process perspective, just to help and facilitate the company's growth. Yeah, I, I think it's, I mean, that article is very interesting as well, because it, it does make you think as well, how many partners are there in the world? When does, uh, you know, when do they say enough is enough? We have too many partners. Um, but no, I, I completely agree. I mean, I think the process is a, is a key thing. And the thing that I've always instilled and believed that scalable replicable processes are important. Um, we, you always in every role, um, especially when you're dealing with people that are outside of your company and aren't in the know, like we always have this mentality that, oh, everyone knows everything, but it's not, it's not the case. So having, um, you know, a benchmark of, you know, this is how we do deal registration. Um, this is where people can access collateral. Do we have collateral? Um, when you're onboarding a new, a new partner, do we have a simple way for them to have access to APIs or developer toolkits and stuff to sort of get them going? And, and I think they're the key things that, I think as partner leaders, we, we're always trying to hit our goal. That's usually closed revenue and you can't achieve that unless you have those things in place. So um, it's, I think it's that sort of New York term of, if you see something, say something. Um, and, and that's sort of been a key thing, which we've always instilled within our sellers that if you're hearing this, let us know. We can add that to the priority list when it comes to sort of like integrations. That also then helps define where you want to go with partnerships um, and, and new people that you want to go after. But just um, having a good internal network so you can help influence people to help you with processes and um, just not focusing just on the revenue or just the integrations or just one thing. Like you have to stay on top of the whole vision I'm trying to tap little bits off as you go. I think that's been sort of one of the key things that a lot of us um, and a lot of people I chat to in the industry uh, sort of realize as they're kind of getting into this space. And so the revenue is the outcome that we want, but there's so much plumbing and so many things, so much, so many enablers, uh, not just the the education, but like you had mentioned, the different components, the marketing, the education, even from, from your partner's perspective, uh, this this world of partnering is just, exponentially and infinitely more complex uh, because we're yep. working with organizations from potentially all over the world, but they're definitely from other companies. They have their own processes. They have their own goals. They have their own priorities. They have their own cultures. Uh, it becomes so much more complex to work with them. But really, I love what you said to, to paraphrase, um, you have to enable their success to get the results that you want, which is ultimately the revenue. And, that, and that's actually an interesting thing as well, because I think, like you mentioned, it's, it is the plumbing. You need those foundations there. Um, and everyone has this dream of this sort of like glitzy, like, I don't know, this, this is the end result, but you, you need that. And it's, it's almost like treating partnerships or an alliances team um, like a completely separate company. It's, it's almost like you have to market your own, your, your team, you need the collateral, you need the framework. It's enabling sellers that aren't your sellers to go off and do that. And, and I think a lot of people, um, 
don't sometimes think about that. And it's one of those things that when you get down the road, it's like, oh, wow, I, I need to do X, Y, and Z. So how, I think t- having tools and resources and, um, you know, things out in the, you know, the ether to, to help people is, is being very, very, very valuable. Something that I've really embraced lately is, you know, is said that we should treat all of our employees as volunteers and, and, and work with them, develop those relationships, do that sort of, I mean, treat them like a person. I, I think as we move further into the future, we're seeing, I mean, partnerships are growing by 10x. Uh, Jay McBain from Forrester put something out, you know, a few months back, and he's been talking about this for quite a while, is that as we look forward, the average company needs to increase uh, their quantity of partnerships by 10x in the next three to five years, which is a staggering number. But then that has us really look at, at our partners almost as like a customer or starting to treat them like, like a customer more mm-hmm. than frankly how they have been treated in the past which is has has not been all that great i don't think yeah i mean i i'm actually interested in your thoughts on this as well because i've um over the years when i've been dealing with companies there's sometimes this mentality of oh you're not worthy enough to work with us as, as a as a partner and there is this sort of take take mentality um I don't know if you've sort of come across that in your time in the space as well. Absolutely. Yeah, there's so whenever I think about partnerships, the first place that my mind goes is a spectrum or this kind of continuum of of mm-hmm. partnerships. And unfortunately, what we find, I think, on the supply chain management, the procurement side, and, and I think also in channel, that transactional side where it's just let's we got to make revenue. It's and, and that's kind of the end all be all. It's only about this, this transactional piece. You know, we tend to take the relationship side out of it and yep. it just gets really binary. But what, what I like to see and what I've tried to do is even in those more transactional uh, types of partnerships, they can still be used the word trust, right? They can still be trust-based. They can still be relationship-based. And if we treat them more like a, tr- like a, like a customer, like we would a customer, um, we find that we get a lot better results from them. And so I think we need to, to just kind of shift the mentality of that they owe yeah. us something and it's just zero sum and really look at ways that we can both truly win and, and grow uh, in this. And um, you know, I think another piece that, um, that really comes into that is just looking at, at the alignment, the front end piece of that, regardless if it's a transactional partnership or something that is highly strategic, where if your partner fails, that means by definition, you're going to fail just because you're so mm. independently connected on this, this really strategic initiative. But I think looking at alignment, and I think that as partnering professionals, we owe it not only to our own company and our own investors, but also to our partners to spend more time on the front end. When I said the front end, I'll talk about pre-contract signature. Let's spend more time mm-hmm. on the front end to really understand what, what is your culture? What, how do you guys do your thing? What is your strategic uh, approach? So we're looking at that cultural alignment. We're looking at strategic alignment. 
And then the third piece of the puzzle is what are the, the terms of the deal? What do we need to get out of this financially and otherwise? What do you need to get out of this financially and otherwise to stay committed to it? But are, are we even strategically aligned? So as we continue down this path a year from now or two years from now, as best we can see from our crystal ball, are we still going to be running down that, you know, that train track together and be parallel where we can continue to provide value to each other? And I think so many times, I mean, executives all the way down, they say, or they, they, they see partnership, especially um, sales partnerships, the, the full variety of them, the sales partnerships, they see it as potentially a less expensive alternative to having a direct sales team. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head. Yep. And so they're like, let's do this partnering thing because I think it would be faster, cheaper, easier. And then it's just about you know, putting the partners in the vice and trying to just get this revenue out of them. But to go back to the conversation you and I were having earlier, most companies do a poor job of equipping their, yep. their partners to be able to deliver on their behalf. I mean, that, that's, it's a really interesting thing. And there's, there's a number of layers there to unpack because I think you know, there is equipping people to do their roles, right? Um, and I, I completely agree. That's a that's a key point of it. But there's so many other things in the sense of, like you were saying, um, I sometimes find it very hard to gel with certain people. And I find that if I can't compensate and, it, and it's very um, transactional feeling or like we're in a boardroom or something like that, like I want to be able to call somebody and say, hey, how's it going? How was your weekend? Um listen, we've got this issue with this. Can you help us out? Um, or, hey, I've got an opportunity for you. You guys, if you take this, are you okay taking this call with people? If somebody's like, wow, you know, we need this and, you know, but it's, it's it doesn't feel genuine. And I think there needs to be a genuine aspect to it. And that's, that's what I really enjoy about my role. And I think why not to toot my own horn at all, why people enjoy working with me, because, you know, at the end of the day, I am invested in those people and I do care about them. Um, it's not literally about, medallia or stellar connected is it's me like this is this is me uh, which is which is really weird to say um but having those those things in place but then also making sure when it comes to the alignment like we use platforms um we use crossbeam but i know there's a number of other platforms in the market and i think identifying first of all you know what is your overlap when it comes to mutual customers like first of all can we validate this even makes sense? Um, and then also from a pipeline perspective as well, because if you can't identify that and it's like, hey, maybe we should work together, you could just end up investing, you know, months of trying to develop a relationship and you literally get nothing out of it. And that and that's something I've actually had to deal with way more when we come to Medallia, because everyone's like, hey, you're a 600 plus million dollar company. Um, and we want to work with you because they want leads. And I get it. I was exactly like that when I was at Stella, but um, with, you know, larger goals and larger targets, there's always like another level you're trying to get to. So it's managing expectations, making sure you have the foundation, you have that genuine relationship building expertise, but then at the same time as well, that, you know, although you might have a reseller or a referrer, it might be an OEM, like we have with our you know, Voci Medallia speech product. Everyone is, it's like high school. Everyone has a different personality and some of you might be a referrer, but it might be that they don't give you it in the same way that other people do. So it's, it's understanding your customer at the end of the day, I think is like you were saying, really important. 
Yeah, yeah. Great insights. Love that. Last question here for you, Alexander, before we let you go. Uh, talk to us about the importance of having a network, building a network, using a network, being a good networking part partner. But uh, just talk to us about the importance of network. So, uh, great question. Uh, my favorite subject. Um, it's it's actually a really interesting thing. When I was a startup at Simon, like I said before, somehow I've always been pretty good with people. Um, and I've always felt it's really important to make sure that you have people that you can you know, lean on or ask questions with. And the, the more you know, uh, the more um, pointed and then more, the more equipped you can be for different conversations. So I've always loved having, you know, people you can reach out to and say, hey, what about this? And then, you know, it helps you out. But my boss at Stella, um, a guy called Bill Hilliard, uh, he was the guy that was just like, build your own brand build your own brand. And, and that was one of the things that I think has allowed me to be in the position that I am today with, you know, a, a vast portfolio. A lot of people in the industry reach out to me about stuff. And um, I make it my point at least once a week to try and connect with somebody outside of the Medali world, even outside of um, the, the partners we already have. I mean, I always meet new people, but if I can reach out to somebody that I've never met before and have a conversation about things that they're doing, it helps validate the the issues that I might be having and the things that I'm seeing, but also share something that could be really helpful to somebody and then share something back to me that's really helpful. So um, I've actually been, um, there's a number of different communities that I've been dealing with, but um, there's there's one that one of my friends was in called, I think it's Partner Leaders. And um, each week they'll essentially like dish somebody new out and um, you, you get to meet somebody new. So I, I think it's really important. And um, it's, I think being in this role, you can't, just come in and be like, okay, I'm going to make partnerships happen. And then it's like, how do like, how, how do you do that? How do you connect with, you know, the, the Zendesks, the Salesforce, all these different like companies, um, you have to have that component of, you know, people, you know, um, it is now who, you know, not as much as what, you know, it's a bit of both, you know? So, um, so yeah, it's good. I think having the ability to learn off other people is very, very important. And, um, uh, it just makes you better at the end of the day. So, yeah. Yeah, man, what what great advice there. And it's, as you said, it's about relationships and building those relationships, having the trusted relationships, having the resources, tapping others with with different perspectives, different experiences, and, and building that personal brand and building that, <clears throat> that strong network takes years and years mm -hmm. and years to do. So young professionals get started. <laughs> get in now get it done it will, will benefit in the long run absolutely absolutely man it has been such an awesome uh opportunity to, to chat with you here alexander thank you so much for spending your time with us for spending uh you know sharing your insights and it's gonna be awesome watching you continue to grow the team there at medallia appreciate it mark yeah i'm really excited about all the things that you guys are up to as well so thanks for having me and uh yeah yeah excited to see what happens in the future Thank you. Partnernomics podcast is brought to you by Partnernomics. Learn how to leverage the power of partnership. To listen to more episodes of Partnernomics podcast, visit partnernomics.com. <laughs>